lace curtain and saw a queue of eager housewives waiting on the pavement outside. It was passion that made them early risers, like me. Their pursuit of the finest pain frais to feed their families enabled them to go without sleep. Dance affected me the same way. Nothing gave me more satisfaction than to unfold myself into a beautiful arabesque or execute a graceful grand jeté even if I had to practice from morning until night seven days a week to do it. A bittersweet aroma wafted around the kitchen, signalling that the coffee was ready. I let the curtain fall, noticing for the first time that its hem was frayed. I reached for a cup and saucer from the odd assortment of floral and plain designs in the cupboard. When I sat down to drink the honey-thick brew, My lip touched something rough on the china, and I saw the cup was chipped. Mammy was fastidiously neat, but it was my mother who would never have tolerated things like chipped cups or frayed curtains. Beauty is always in the details, Paloma, she used to say. But Mama wasn't here anymore, and my grandmother and I muddled along in our chipped and frayed existence without her. There were two entrances to my grandmother's ballet studio. One was directly from our kitchen. The second was next to the landing in the corridor outside. I took the key from the hook on the back of the kitchen door and entered the studio. Daybreak was starting to filter through the windows that overlooked the courtyard of our apartment building, so I didn't turn on the lights. Although the floor was swept and mopped daily, the closed air was choked with the scent of dust and mould that was common to old buildings in Paris. I took my ballet slippers from the cupboard and sat on the floor to tie the ribbons. While I was tucking in the ends, I thought about Mammy's angry scribbling on the newsletter. When I was a child, I had often asked my grandmother about her Spanish past, but her lips would purse and the light would disappear from her eyes. Perhaps when you are older, she would reply. I could see I was causing her pain and learned not to touch on the subject of her life before she came to Paris. I left my dressing gown and bed slippers on the piano stool. Our accompanist, Madame Carré, would be in later to play Beethoven and Schubert for our students. But I liked to practice on my own in silence, following my body rather than the beat. From my demi-plié, I moved to my grand-plié, relishing the feeling of strength and flexibility in my legs. I cringed when a memory from last June's debacle at the ballet school tried to force its way into my thoughts. I closed my eyes and pushed the image of me standing in front of the notice board, bathed in sweat and with nausea rising in my stomach, out of my mind. Years of training had taught me to focus on a single objective until I achieved it, and I was not going to give up on my dreams now. After an hour at the bar, I was ready to do some centre practice. I positioned myself in front of the mirrored wall at the front of the studio and was about to commence a tendu combination when suddenly the daylight outside flickered. It was such a strange phenomenon that I lost my concentration. A thunderstorm so early in the morning? In November? I moved towards the window, perplexed. That was when I saw her, 
standing in the courtyard as if she was waiting for someone to arrive. I didn't realize that she was a ghost at first, but I wondered, because of her black wavy hair and the proud way that she held her chin, whether she was Spanish. The woman wasn't anyone I recognized from Mammy's collection of former refugees who occasionally gathered in our apartment. My initial impression was that she was a mother coming to inquire about lessons for her child on her way to work. I opened the window and called to her. Bonjour, madame. Un moment, s'il vous plaît. I grabbed my leg warmers and coat from the cupboard and slipped some loose boots over my ballet shoes. Before I headed out into the corridor, I picked up a leaflet for our school that gave the times of the classes. It was only when I was halfway down the stairs that it occurred to me that the courtyard door should have still been locked. How had the woman got inside? We didn't.